This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Jeff Cook, CEO of The Me Group. Jeff, welcome to the PSF House podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. So if you try to describe a human being with a single word, I believe it should be social. No matter where you live, your age, gender, meeting other people to socialize is one of the core features of what it means to be human. Today, so many of us use mobile apps to date or just meet other people. The company of my today's guest has some of the most popular apps on the planet that connect people on scale. But as always on the show, let's talk about you, Jeff, first. Tell us about yourself. Sure. So I'm the, the CEO of the Me Group. I'm also a father of three, ages 5, 10, and, and 13. On the side, actually, I am a novice author. Uh, I write relatively regularly on Medium, and I published a children's book called Veronica and the Volcano. Wow, that's that's nice. It's it's a great uh, hobby. Labor of love, I I suppose, right? That's right. That's cool. So now, please tell us about the Meet Group and the app brands you own. Sure. So we we build dating apps. Uh, we, We have five apps that serve diverse audiences. Meet Me is actually the app I founded back, actually as far back as 2005. Scout, the you know, US and, and long tail kind of international dating app. Tagged is an African-American dating app. Lavu is a European dating app centered on Germany. And Growler, which is a, a, a gay dating app. Altogether, you know, we have 15 million monthly users, mostly in US and, and, and Europe. And the way we think of ourselves is really as the, the mobile version of the bar or the coffee house, kind of this, this social gathering place, a little less intention than maybe than some dating apps where you're kind of designed to delete, be deleted, you know, more of a community, a dating community. And what we've been doing that's fairly unique is, is adding live streaming video to dating since 2016. And lately, we've been really aiming to make everyone the star of their own dating show. And we're almost certainly today the largest provider of live streaming dating games in the world. Our users are playing every day uh, more than 180,000 dating games a day. Um, they're spending you know, uh, many millions of tens of millions of hours in, in live streaming every day as well. And the live streaming solution essentially is one that monetizes via users giving each other virtual gifts. And with the virus, we've seen a pretty dramatic increase in usage. The number of dating games played was up about 100%. The amount of time spent in our live streaming platform was up 40% in just the last you know, four or five months. Now, it's pretty big portfolio of uh, apps and huge audience. So but the whole business is pretty big. So I wonder during this pandemic times, what management tools, what changes uh, the way you operate, did you have to put in place to go through these uh, challenging times? What has, what has been helping you to be uh, you know, on schedule uh, on top of your business uh, throughout this month? 
Yeah. I mean, in terms of the biggest shift, which is the same for our company as for, for probably most, has been the shift to remote. So I, I've been remote since March, as, been, as has been everyone in our company. And yeah, we use Zoom all the time. We're big on Slack. We essentially use all the same tools we used before the pandemic. We just use them more, given that there is no in-person contact. But we really haven't missed a beat, despite the lack of in-person contact. You know, I think in part because we had built so many relationships, you know, professionally over the years, we were able to kind of draw on the fact that we all know each other and know how each other work and trust each other, so that you know, even though even if this lasts six months, twelve more months. You know, it's, it's quite clear that um, the team is, is highly capable of and productive and in the same way as it was before. And I've been somewhat surprised by that, that, you know, because it, obviously it's an experiment no one expected to run. But and I thought, well, maybe as time goes on, productivity would slack in or maybe as time goes on, new product development would lag. But that's not really our, has been our finding. We've found that people are just as productive, including for kind of innovative, like strat- strategic planning tasks and product planning tasks as, as they were before. So that's a great testament to having a good team. People love to work with each other and create great products. Yeah, it's definitely an experiment nobody was expecting we would have to go through, but it's good to know that people you work with can actually withstand these hardships and be productive, continue to be a great team and collaborate efficiently. Now, there are a number of marketing channels that developers have been using around the world. And my question is, among all marketing channels you're possibly uh, applying to your growth strategy, what one channel would you single out among the rest that has been the most efficient for you to keep continue your app uh, users-based uh, growth? Yeah. So marketing is always a challenge. You know, year over year, we're seeing rates, you know, cost per registrations go up as it costs more to acquire users simply as, um, you know, the largest players in the world, as they get bigger and bigger, you know, I think they have more and more pricing power. I think their audience growth has slowed. And so I think prices have gone up as more potential advertisers come in. So it is difficult. We spend probably 10%, you know, thereabouts of our revenue on acquiring uh, new users by buying installs of app installs across various partners. You know, we have seen an increase in Snapchat. We, we do see Snapchat as a high quality outlet for us. Apple is another one, you know, high quality, good ROI. You know, Facebook is, you know, you kind of have to be buying on Facebook and, and we do. Facebook, you know, slash Instagram. I think those are the, those are the, the biggest. I mean, Google, of course, as well. Those are really the biggest channels for us. We do some spend with affiliate buying platforms like Liftoff, uh, but it's not it's not as as big a share as it, as it used to be. And part of the reason is it's very difficult to ensure that when you're buying affiliate traffic, that the the quality of the user is there, and that there there isn't some form of you know, fraudulent user or gaming of the system. And so, mm-hmm. you know, part of the reason the big guys are so so big is because they're they're generally providing pretty high quality traffic and in the form of high quality installs. I see. Let's touch on your publisher's business. How this pandemic impacted your company as a publisher? Because we all remember what happened in March when, you know, 
big companies begin to pull out their advertising budgets, but perhaps some of those companies are coming back. What's going on right now in September? Well, I mean, the types of content we create is really our user-generated content in the form of the messages our users send each other. And every day they send 75 million chats a day. That hasn't really changed. They continue to send the same number of chats. What has gone up dramatically is the consumption and production of live streaming video content. So both the producing and the consumption has gone up about 40%. And the the reason is live streaming video is, is a pretty good substitute for real life interaction. It's not by any means a perfect one, but live streaming video does a pretty good job of providing some sense of connection even meaningful connection to people who can't otherwise go out or or are trying to go out less. Yeah. And so we've seen the, the number of asynchronous text-based chats have more or less stayed the same and, and at a high level. But the number of people who stream and the length of time those people who do stream stream has gone up considerably, as has the amount of time that people spend viewing those streams. Um, and we, we I mean, it's, it's straightforward. You know, I think the virus uh, is largely... Um, uh, shifted this behavior, but but I do think that as society starts to come back, live streaming videos is going to have a a place, a much larger place in dating as in every vertical. Simply because people have become now familiar with using it, and they found you know a lot of benefits to using live streaming. For for example, you know in in the dating use case, it's common. Mm-hmm to go and date someone potentially prior to the pandemic, you might right swipe someone and go meet up at a coffee shop or or somewhere local without necessarily even having chatted on video first. I think that's increasingly um, less likely as, as kind of people have perceived that there's now a viral risk to those uh, interactions. What they're also seeing is if they can talk to that person on video they can pre-qualify that person and maybe not even go out to a date with them or a coffee with them at all, simply because their personality was disqualified based on a video chat. So I think we're going to see video become increasingly a filter for the dating experience as the pandemic starts to end. So if we can think of a kind of a silver lining, if it's even possible, in this situation, people became more cautious, uh, more conscious with their choice because they can, they can actually kind of pre-screen people who they will be meeting in real life because they switched on uh, live broadcasting and video communication. That's right. Let's, That's right. Let's kind of take a quick look into the future a little bit. How do you see people will be using your apps uh, once this pandemic becomes the history and world, so to speak, will begin to breathe again normally, more or less? Do you think that the live streaming will continue to be a big part of your business? Is, is this something that will stick or people will get back to you know, normal face-to-face communication and the live streaming kind of decrease a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. I, I think it's pretty clear that video is going to stick around far into the, the future of dating. You know, right now, it doesn't make any sense based on an interaction as shallow as a right swipe to risk exposure to the virus without even having confirmed things like physical appearance or, you know, so, so many dating profiles are catfished. Uh, you know, the person isn't even uh, the person who they claim to be or the, or the, or the image is very out of date. Mm-hmm. You know, a video can tell you if the person's coughing or not. But, you know, if you fast forward and you say, well, why would any of this continue? 
when those risks are, are no longer. And I think it's just fundamentally because video is more efficient than swiping, right? You get so much more information on the person that you're interested in. The, you really get a sense of their personality in a way that no photo could ever suggest. And, and even if that photo took the form of a static video, that also wouldn't even be close to being as rich as an interactive video where you can actually talk to the person live. And so as long as people value their time, and of course they do, you know, asking for a video chat will, I think, help people uh, be more efficient at who they, who they speak with. And asking for a video chat is no longer a strange thing to ask for. Uh, you know, the pandemic has, has made that a very common thing to ask for. So I think, you know, we basically got in the last six months, you know, maybe even as much as 60 years of changing consumer habits around uh, live video. Uh, the, the growth of Zoom is just another example of that. And so I think, you know, in the dating landscape, you're going to see live video become a mainstay of that landscape. So uh, can remember the science fiction of 60s, 70s, 80s, we were dreaming about the video, having a conversation on video, everybody was using their phone to have a vi- conversation on video, not just a voice, but then when we... <laughs> finding the smartphones became the reality and uh, it didn't actually happen. We do have, you know, FaceTime from time to time, but it wasn't on the, you know, on that level that we're all kind of, a, we're waiting for. And now we're living in the yeah. situation at the stage when finally that video conversation became a reality as we were kind of expecting hey, decades ago. Yeah, I that's, think that's, that's absolutely right. It's, it's funny the number of, kind of trends that start as science fiction. You know, I think, you know, I think 2001, the Space Odyssey had um, kind of a Skype-like video system, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 25 years before its time. And, you know, uh, Total Recall had self-driving cars, right? So like, um, and and to some extent, anything a science fiction author can can come up with eventually becomes true. Yeah, so Arthur C. Clarke would be would would be amazed to see how uh, accurately he got that back in the day. Okay, so now I have a few quick questions for you. These are the ones I'm asking every guest to get a better picture of who he or she is. So, are you iOS or Android person? iOS. Okay, I'm uh, marking my iOS stack. It's actually bigger than the Android one. Do you remember your first mobile phone? I do. I, I was in college and it was 1997, maybe six. And uh, it was a Nokia. I, I don't remember the model, but I was running a business at the time. And I would. Mm-hmm. I remember going off in my pocket and having to, to duck out of classes. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was 96, 97. Yeah, the age of Nokia. Nokia. What is your favorite app now? Well, apart from your own apps, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I like the, the app Medium. You know, it's a, I'm sure, you know, Medium, it's a writing community. The, the app is just pretty well done as a, as a content consumption app, as well as a creator app and an ability to edit. And um, it feels like it, they have a pretty good sense of kind of minimal design and and, and having some things be be found reasonably well. So, I, so I, I like that app. All right. What new app technologies are you most excited about? Probably there's something that you've been waiting for to make apps on your smartphone 
uh, doing more for you, you know, something that is, um, you know, not a hype, but kind of what will make apps more useful and you know, practically for you uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. So I would say there's two things that I'm excited about. Like one, because I'm in the dating business and as I mentioned, catfishing is endemic to dating. You know, there's always this question in dating, how do you drive more authenticity? And we're launching a verification system. We already launched it actually, but it, to a small group, it'll be, be expanding soon where you have to prove that you're a live person through similar to how you unlock your iPhone, you know, with your face, this will mm -hmm. in a few seconds prove that you're, you're live and help defeat spammers. And that's, that's a, a really, I think, interesting bit in the toolbox because you could start by defeating spammers, but where you could go with that is ensuring that the user in the profile photo is the user operating the, the device, the profile. And so you know, from a, a, an age of authenticity, I think it, it could be a really interesting development for dating apps. I would say the, and maybe maybe other apps too. As far as another thing I'm, I'm really interested in, and as are many, artificial intelligence. So I think um, right now, frankly, our, our algorithms that power our searches, like our, uh, we, we show you how many people are near you that are interested in dating. And um, when we show you video streams, we're showing you, tr you know, popular ones that are trending. Um, these algorithms could get a lot better. Um, our algorithms today are very rudimentary. There's been nothing really but, uh, you know, development and uh, towards deep learning neural networks, uh, TikTok being probably one of the most uh, obvious of these. And, you know, in terms of the ability to, to recommend the right piece of live content to someone interested in certain things and not other things, that's a really hard problem, but it's also kind of an exciting one if you can do it right. So that's that's one of our main initiatives for the next year. Great. Now, before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and know more about what you do? Yeah. I mean, our apps are available on, or at least you can see which ones they are on themeetgroup.com. Uh, that's our, our company website. I'm also on Medium as Jeff Cook with a G, G-E-O-F-F. -F. You can find me um, there. And I, I tend to write maybe a couple times a month. All right, cool. Uh, we're going to put the link to your Medium profile into this episode description so people can check it out. All right, that's, that's, that's actually it. Thanks so much for your time and coming on our podcast, Jeff. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Jeff Cook, CEO of The Meet Group. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes in your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. Bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.